0: Bootsies. Joining us today on the How Goods This Podcast is Jacob Hollister of uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Thank you so much for being here, bud. How are you?
1: Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. I'm good, man. I'm out in Bend, Oregon right now, so I'm just hanging out the last couple of days. Beautiful.
0: Beautiful Bend, Oregon, man. I, I, um, yeah. I can't imagine how incredibly rigorous a professional football season is for a human yeah. being. I, yeah. um. I'm a, I get on the Peloton for like 15 minutes and I'm like, yo, this ain't for me. Uh, so the 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 few days after you the season ends, obviously, um, we didn't make it to the Super Bowl this year. But uh, is there a moment of like you get to breathe for a second, or is it just like, no, I got to think about the next season right away? Because yeah. how how's, how's that transition?
1: Yeah, that's what's wild is because. I think the second that you lose, it's like the next day you're the most motivated that you've been. At least for me, like, I'm the most motivated that next day because I'm so angry that we lost. And and I just want to start getting ready for the next season. But you really have to force yourself, especially this being, you know, I'm going into my fifth year. It's like you have to force yourself knowing what's best for your body and your mind. Like, Mm. okay, I have to relax right now or else this could be bad. Like, I could... I could just push it for the next couple of months and take no break. And, and that's not going to be what's best for me. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough combination of, um, it's almost like the time where you don't want to slow down the most, but you know you have to.
0: Yeah, wow, that's hard. And ha- and how do you regulate that? Do you personally do it, or do you have like a team of people from the 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 Hawks or whichever team you happen to be playing for? That's like, hey, Jacob, yeah. I, I saw you tweet last night at three a.m., bro. <laughs> what are
1: you doing up that late? Turn it off, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's uh, my trainer back here does a great job. Um, he's the one that kind of always has to convince me to not not push it all the time. And so, uh, Kevin boss out here is, is great. He has a, he has a performance facility out here. And, um, so he's just been awesome for me and just, you know, he's been my trainer the last four years and, you know, having somebody who really understands your body is awesome Mm. because there's times when you, you're not happy with what your body's telling you. And then they have to tell you, okay, this is what you need to do right now. And, and so we've had a good relationship where he knows what I need. And, and uh, it's always worked out for the best so
0: i uh, i would imagine that when you were young when you were in high school the majority of your athleticism probably just came naturally uh, when, not that you didn't have to work, but I would imagine like it, there was quite a bit of natural talent there. When did you start thinking about your body as like this vessel, this mechanism that could carry you through? Was you, was it early in your athletic career or was it like college? When was that time where it really clicked?
1: Um, I think when I was down in like three Little Caesars a week in college, I was like, okay, it's time to switch it up. And so at that point...
2: <laughs> you were doing so, that in college? No. Dude, the
0: $5, bro. The $5 I, hot I
1: five. Dude, you cannot beat it. So. No. I mean, uh, now really, you know, I always I always put a lot into my body. Me and my brother both, we always spent a ton of time training and all that. Uh, so we always took care of our bodies in that way. But when it came to really, you know, thinking of my body as, you know, a vessel and taking care of it like it's a machine, I think that started more like my first rookie year oh, wow. uh, in the league because in college it's just, you don't have a lot of money, especially when I was in, in junior college. And you know there, there's, like I said, there's that little season across the street. And so whenever we'd get five bucks together, it's like you just go across there and you're just feasting for, for a half hour. But
0: you know what I mean? I, <laughs> but, um, I would, per- Oh, sorry to interrupt you. Go, go, go. No, no you're good.
1: I was just, but, get- yeah. So that's, that's when we, that's when I really made the switch was like my rookie year.
0: Yeah, awesome. And your your rookie year you played at the Patriots, correct?
1: I did, yeah. Me and my brother both were there together. Wow. Tripped, what man. position does your brother
0: yeah. play again, remind me?
1: So he's receiver. He's with the Titans.
0: That's great. And is,
1: yeah, which Ti- is awesome.
0: Are the Titans still playing right now or are they out as well?
1: They they lost last week. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, bugger. And is he is he in yeah. Bend on the off season
1: usually? Uh not right now, so I'm actually headed out to Nashville tomorrow to see him. All right. Um and I'm looking at a at a house there right now. So he just bought a house there. I'm looking at a house, and we're kind of thinking about making that home right now. So we'll be awesome. back and forth for sure. Awesome, yeah.
0: man! Nashville's such a cool town.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I'm excited about that.
0: I uh, was thinking as you were dropping the five dollar hot ready hot and readys, who could eat <laughs> them quicker? Who
2: could slam <laughs> down a hot and ready? Bro, I just I just drank out of us, us three. Seeds. Out of us three, I've, I've my Guinnesses money's did? on Jules. I did. Uh, we had two. Alan just like had two Guinnesses on yeah. at the table the other day, and he bet me five. Uh, or no, he didn't bet me any money, but he said he gave me five minutes to get two Guinnesses down. They're like tall boys. I was like, dude, bro, fuck you, man. I'm getting this down in one minute or under yeah, yeah i did it in 42 yeah. seconds 42
0: seconds he nice. gulfed down
2: both of those it, it was did awful. you pour
1: him in a in a glass or no did just, you just straight, chug, straight just from, straight okay. chug dude i straight more chug. impressive
2: i tried to get in that mind over mind over matter mentality that i imagine you yeah, probably man. got into many times in your life and in, in that's what i'm talking about man you, you, gotta be, you, I, uh, I, you uh channeled it there i tried my best man i tried my best yeah it's uh I, I, it, well what's also impressive is that like did You said you were eating like hot and ready's when you were in college and you were kind of just – like you didn't really know that you were going to – like – I'm curious. Did did you know your whole life that you were going to be a professional football player? Like was it – I have a friend who plays professional baseball and it was like certain – growing up that like that was his trajectory. It was never going to be anything other than that. Um, mm-hmm. Was that kind of a similar thing for you? Did you have like a a family that was really like football oriented? But you also, I learned a little bit about you that you play other sports as well. So like I did. Yeah. Were you headed in like that direction to play professional athletics, regardless of what was going to happen in your life?
1: Yeah, I was really, um, and I remember getting my first Brett Favre jersey, uh, when I was I don't even know how old like six years old or something and my dad handed it to me and from that point on I remember thinking I want to play in the NFL like that's what I want to do for my job and you know I get asked that question a lot me and my brother of, of you know did you always know you were going to make it or did you just have that much confidence and I think it's for me it was always something where I never best way to explain it is I never thought I couldn't do it it's mm-hmm. not like I it's not like I knew I was going to do it or like I had that arrogance. Like, I don't think I had any of that. It was just the fact that I knew I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to quit. Like I knew that for sure. Mm. And so whatever circumstance it was when it came to, um, you know, walking on at Nevada to start with my brother, um, as a quarterback and piling up some date, some debt there and, and being like, we can't afford this anymore. We transferred to Arizona Western junior college and, um, in the middle of nowhere in Yuma, Arizona, uh, to finally getting some some scholarship offers and, and leaving there. But you know, it was always, you know, taking it step by step, knowing this is going to be a really long journey to get there, but never trying to look too far ahead and just being like, okay, this is like, I'm in a valley right now. Like, this is really tough, mm. but I'm just going to keep pushing. And I, I don't think that I can't do it. And so that's, I think that's been the biggest part for me and my brother.
2: Even when the the chips were probably stacked pretty hard against you, and you were like not in a position of, like, well, I'm like, I assume that when you're transitioning into the NFL from college or from high school or from wherever you're coming from, you get to a place where, and I'm only, I'm kind of projecting my friend's experience because that's all I really know, but it was like baseball for him was like T ball growing up in in like high school, like growing up playing like before he got to the pros. And the second he got to the pros, it was like, Oh shit, now I'm playing with the best players in, yeah. in the world. Um yeah. did you have one of those kind of revelations for yourself when you got there where you were like, Oh man, mm. like and how did you kind of yeah. keep your mind in check about that, like for your ego and for your like, well I can still be a player here, like, yeah. I still need to prove it. How do you like how for do sure. you go through that with yourself and continue to move?
1: Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things I've learned in this sport and in general is just no matter what other people can do, just being confident in what you can do. And so not being so focused on how good other, I mean, because there's, I mean, D linemen in the league that I have to block, those guys are just absolute freaks. Like they're, they're huge. I, I, mean, I can't even reach them. Like they're, they're reaching me. I can't even reach them. But, um, you know, knowing that there's going to be guys who are really talented and not so much focusing on that, but just focus on, okay, I do this really well. Like I do these things really well. Let me focus on those things. Mm. And just having confidence in what you can do because there's gonna be people along the way who just waver, you know, you're an amazing player, you're the worst player that's ever lived, you know, throughout your throughout your career, depending on the game. And so just being confident in the fact like I'm I'm really good at my job, I feel confident in what I do, and these are the things that I'm good at, and then you know, holding strong to those.
0: How uh Jacob when you this always happened to me growing up with my father because we've been my household has been diehard Seahawks fans since I was a baby. My pops yeah. was my pops was a Seahawks fan during the Largent days, and we've just been like true and true green and blue, baby. Um, but my dad watching football would always like armchair coach, and there's like everybody in the world thinks that they could get on the field and do things better do, one do you hear that chatter as like being on the team or are you able just to like actually block it out and be like listen there's no way you'd survive a down on this field you don't know what you're talking about or does it kind of like does it get through the ear holes in the helmet a little bit
1: uh, i think early in my career it did a little bit mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then i learned i learned first of all never search your name on twitter because it's just not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, like you, you know, your rookie year, you're new to it, and you just don't, you don't know what you don't know. And um, I feel like it's just something you have to learn. And and I wouldn't say you get numb to it, but in a way you do, where uh, you know you learn that there's going to be noise no matter what. You know, whether it's whether it's good or bad. And for me personally. I don't even read, like, if there's an article about me, whether it's good or bad, I won't read it. Like, Mm. I won't, even if somebody calls me and and does an article about me and, like, just praising me, I won't read a word of it because whether it's a great article and it gets me too high or it's a really bad article and it gets me too low, it's like, I want to just be a guy who's just even keel all the time. Mm. And so, that's something that I've learned through the years is, you know, there's going to be noise all the time. And so, just letting that be what it is, and and even you know you go to you go to parties and stuff outside of the season. You know everybody's trying to tell you what they would have done different, how they would have coached different, <laughs> yeah, you know, ways they would play different. So <laughs> you just gotta, you know, for me, I just kind of eat it. I'm just like, yeah, man, you know, you should have done that. You should have gone in that career instead of. <laughs> oh bro, but, uh, that
0: must be so yeah. annoying. That must so. be so incredibly annoying. I I had the chance to be, and I I'm almost positive you were. Playing that year, when were were you on the Patriots team when they beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, or was this the year? No, that
1: was it was a year or two before me.
0: Okay, yeah. So I was I was got somehow got a ticket to that game, and was there, and it was so funny how many people were like, "We shut up, Coach Carroll!" Ah, shut up! I'm (laughs) like, bro, for like just being in the arena during a Super Bowl, you've experienced it by being on the field man yeah. like the energy inside of that arena you could sh- you cannot make that you yes. cannot recreate it it is like the most absurd intense feeling katy perry's flying fucking 500 <laughs> feet above on a giraffe like a illuminated giraffe how did you make that how'd you get that on the field that fast? Uh, and for th- for folks sitting at home and they're like leather like they're lazy boys being like Yo, and Carol, I'm always so yeah. I'm always so intrigued about how um, players are able to because in music that's kind of my only pivot point. I don't have like oh, bro, I really would have gone to that C major seven before the old E minor there. <laughs> you know, if you would have brought up the if you would have just gone to the falsetto like on the third verse, you know, you really would have that really would have got to the... It's like that doesn't happen. People just don't listen yeah. to the song, you know.
1: Yeah. And
0: um, I uh, I'm always. Um, my hat is always tipped to people seeming like you jacob i've met uh, a, a few other players throughout um my time living in washington and being being an adult that uh, they're always just like so courteous and kind to those people who sh- who really just need to be like dude shut the fuck you know <laughs>
2: but,
0: um that's cool man that, that you're able to yeah. to tune that out uh um what was I'd like to talk specifically about this season playing during COVID because that's like a new set of parameters that I haven't learned anything about. And I am so curious, how how was that? Like, how, like can you just surmise it or just even just flow, just go for it. Talk about playing during (laughs) a pandemic.
1: Man, it was wild. I think going into it, we had no idea what to, what to expect because, you know, during, we usually go back for OTAs during the spring and they made the call, okay, we're not doing OTAs and we're gonna do online, you know, Zoom meetings like this. And so uh we did that all spring and it was still kinda in between are we gonna have a season? Are there gonna be fans there? And so we got the call come in like normal camp. I didn't know what to expect. And I think, you know, going into it, I don't think it could have gone any better. At least I can only speak for Seattle, but
0: mm.
1: I think just the way that everybody managed it. Was amazing and not only like the organization, but just just the players and everything because I mean we're getting tested every day So you walk in you go through the tent you get tested Um, you wear these we wear these chips on our wrists that would uh, Tell you when you're within six feet of another player. Wow. No, sorry yeah, so it was a
2: like, like a shock collar. Oh.
0: <laughs> 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 Jules, we got to get you yeah. a sh- we got to get you a neck one when you're walking through the <laughs> mall for them ladies, baby. Too many hotties getting close to you now that you dyed your hair.
1: Alerts! Alerts!
0: Alerts! <laughs> alerts! <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah. wow, that's but, crazy.
1: Uh, yeah, so that would that would alert us whenever we're within six feet of each other and blink, and we'd have this. This sound that would go off every—I think it was 15 minutes—because you couldn't be talking to somebody within 15 minutes or for more than 15 minutes, or you'd be considered a close contact. And so this sound would go off like this alarm, and we'd all like have to just scatter. No, I'm getting Hand <laughs> <we'd>, uh... <laughs> <Hey>, grenade! <laughs> but, yeah, but that's what it sounded like—like like this, you know, this horn going off and, and like a big
0: loud horn. Sound like a,
1: like not a, super loud but yeah like throughout the locker room it'd be this you know kind of alarm like a like oh, your morning alarm oh my God.
0: And
1: so they were man it was it was intense but um yeah i think just the way that everybody handled it was great and, and we all knew it was going to be a grind not seeing anybody and mm. and no fans and all that but i think it all ended up you know finishing the season i feel like everybody did a great job it was great
0: yeah man i'm so glad that you you guys um, were able to play the season. And this is kind of one thing that I'd like to, whenever I get the opportunity to speak to anybody who sacrifices their physicality for my entertainment, I want to say thank you, Jacob Hollister because (laughs) the Seahawks and the national football league bring so much joy to so many people and they allow such an escape When I know there's going to be a Seahawks game that, like, I can catch and I can sit down with my kid and I got some nice brisket nachos just sizzling Mm -hmm. on the old treggie, Mm. man, uh, the world, you could piss in my mouth and I wouldn't care, dude, (laughs) because I'm so stoked. And and you're literally sacrificing, like, your health, man. Like, you guys who are on that field deserve so much more praise than I think you get on SportsCenter, man. We just talk about, like – the the points and the numbers and the and it's like statistics. I want a sports center of just people being like, bro, th- praise God <laughs> <Thanks>. for <laughs> for Kawhi Leonard because yeah. that was so much fun to see him make the, you know I yeah. which I think sure. they do but um yeah. I'd like to personally say thank you to Jacob and and yeah. everybody on Seconded, your squad man. man thanks for pulling it off and for giving us a season because it was still so yeah. much fun to watch at home how what's the difference between playing at the Super Bowl and playing at CenturyLink Field, I guess it's called something else now. What's it called? T-Mobile or what's uh, it? Lumen. Lumen.
2: L- really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's called Lumen yeah. Field now. Yeah. Um, what's the difference between playing at an empty Lumen Field, 75,000 seats that are empty, and playing at a Super Bowl? Like, how do you rev up to do that? Are you doing, like, whippets in the locker room before you go on? <laughs> or, like, what's... <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's... Who me. told you? Who told you? <laughs> That's the move, <laughs> <It's> JP. <laughs> I told him that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I played
2: Pee Wee. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's uh yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't get to play in the Super Bowl um, when we won it, but because I had a I had a torn hamstring. But um, yeah, even being there and and even you know playing this year without any fans, it was it was wild. I think I also realized though how much I kind of tone out the mm. the fans until you score. I like can tell somebody scores. Right. Like when somebody scored for the first time, like, I remember who it was uh, in a game this year, and you're just like you're running up to them, and you're kind of realizing all the weird sounds you make, like when they're when you're so excited because nobody's there's no noise, <laughs> and like even when you watch it on TV, like they they, they put artificial them, noise yeah. on there so it it sounds like oh, right. you know everybody's celebrating, but but that's really, not coming through the stadium. Like, no, no, Do so you hear everybody like. Kind of gasping, getting over there. It's just kind of weird.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, so strange.
1: It was different, man. But but one of those things, you you just got used to it. And if anything, it, it benefited us because we're such a like high-energy team. Right. That Those teams who didn't really have much energy and kind of counted on their fans for energy. Mm. Uh, I feel like it hurt them at the end of the day. I so. thought the
2: Seahawks kind of did rely on their fans. It was like this 12th man thing where it's just like they're the loudest fan. I don't know if that's still the case oh, or not. But like, don't you guys feel yeah. that way? It's still there.
1: Oh, yeah. No question. I mean, that's one thing we definitely missed at home this year because uh, that would that would help our defense a ton because, I mean, their offense couldn't hear a single word. And and you don't even realize how many checks, you know, these these quarterbacks are trying to do at the line. And when receivers and tight ends, the can't hear those checks, it makes things so much harder. So that's why, you know, playoffs at home are, are usually such a huge advantage because you have a huge turnout by your fans and they're just going crazy. But obviously, you know, that wasn't the case this year. We couldn't have them there. But
0: When you say checks, do you mean – because I I never played football, Jacob. I love just sports in general and and people who can play sports, but I never – I don't know the lingo. When you say checks, that means just like reversing the play, right, or like changing the play mid – like before the snap at the line? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's there's so many checks that go into a game, you know, based on looks that they're giving you. Mm. And so, like, an alert would be, you know – you could switch the, the way that we're running the play from one way to the other, and then there's checks at the line that the quarterback can make, which you know Russ usually does a lot of uh, just based on what they're doing with you know two high safety, one high safety, what they're doing on defense, how many in the box, and switching the play completely and so you you know to be able to hear that is a huge advantage on offense, and when you can't hear any of that and you're trying to signal everything, it's just you know it makes it that much harder. Yeah, wow.
0: is that like when, the, when a quarterback will like kick one leg back? Or the other leg back at the line? Is that them doing the checks thing? They're like changing the play. That's a motion usually. Oh, okay.
1: What's yeah, a, yeah, What's a motion? A audible? When you see uh. <laughs> we don't
2: fucking <laughs> Just know. Just say it, words. No. Yeah. Just words. Words. Football. Google.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, chin strap. That's usually, <laughs> Um. That's like. When you see somebody running across the formation, uh, like uh, pre-snap, yeah. so that's that's like a motion. So when you see a quarterback doing that, that's that's just telling him to to start his motion.
2: Ah, gotcha. Great. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Wow, man. How, how much of a, a uh, like a leader is Russell Wilson in the locker room and in that place mm-hmm. for and like what and what is it to go from probably your whole lot and that's this is not to say that you that you lack in leadership either because I, I imagine every single. Professional athlete needs to possess a leadership yeah. uh, skill, but yeah. like, but when there is a like a kind of designated leader for the team, such mm. as the quarterback, um, does that really like, does that really affect you guys? Is that is that like super cool in the locker room when you guys are in there with him? And does he kind of translate his his uh, word to you guys in a really powerful way and, and kind of help you guys in, a, in, a, in an awesome way? And what yeah. is it? What what does it feel like to kind of like to to pull back to hold to like resist your own leadership mentality if Mm. you do
1: yeah yeah i got what you're i get what you're saying yeah it's first of all russ does an incredible job like he you know he really doesn't get enough credit you know he's he gets a lot of credit he's an amazing player um an mvp candidate type guy hall of famer one day like he's an amazing player but i don't think he gets enough credit for the leader that he is Mm. because the way that he leads is um it's just in a way of its own, and it's really, you know, it's genuine. Um, and he spends so many hours that nobody sees to preparing. You know, he prepares this packet for us, like this, this packet uh, before every week has oh, all wow. this information. Uh, and we have this, you know, this meeting that's just players, and he's giving us breakdowns of everybody. And you know, we're doing it on Zoom for an hour, and it's it's usually an off day for guys, but he's spending you know hours on a Monday night doing this work and making sure that we all have the information that we need and and usually you know a guy would pass that off to a younger player and and be like hey get all this done for me make sure it's this and that and but he's so you know detail oriented that he wants to make sure everything's perfect and so you know he's a he's a big motivation you know for the team when it comes to winning and he he just does a great job uh just make sure that everybody's on the same page and then it's like you were like you were saying with pulling back i feel like it was a weird transition for me originally going from quarterback to tight end because you're so used to, you know, being more of a vocal guy and all that. But I feel like naturally for me, I've always been more of a lead by example type guy. And mm-hmm. so it kind of, if anything, it was more of a comfortable role for me where it's like, okay, I can just, I can be the guy who's on time, doing the right thing, mm-hmm. you know, making sure I'm getting my lifts, uh, encouraging guys in the locker room, you know, spending time with them. and. And not so much worry about that um, being that vocal guy when mm. you have guys like Russ and and KJ and Bobby and, and all these other guys. And so they just make it easy, yeah.
2: Was it was it a, a similar ease in uh, the Patriots with Tom Brady and like w- like because that you, you you've worked with two of what, what, the most iconic quarterback of our of our age of our generation maybe I don't know I don't fucking I don't know shit about audible what I'm talking about audible yeah. I don't actually I don't actually know I don't actually know what I'm talking about but like I do know that Tom Brady and Russell Wilson are two of like yeah. the, the, the most like revered uh, quarterbacks yeah. amongst amongst others but like and and those mm-hmm. are the people that you've had shared your experience with as a professional football player so like mm. that must be insane mm. and like you stepped yeah. into the NFL and and went to the I and went know. to the Super Bowl yeah that's so crazy
1: man it's wild and the and yeah it's like you said it it takes that stepping back because you know the first two years i'm in the league i I go to the super bowl first year we lost and then the second year we won and a lot of guys go their whole career without even making the playoffs and you're like you know i've been i've been so blessed and and like you said to have a lot of guys also go their whole career wide receivers tight ends running backs who who don't have a quarterback like tom or russ you know a franchise guy you know top elite quarterbacks and a lot of people don't realize what a difference that makes not Mm. only as a player but just to have a leader like that Mm. just for the whole team so yeah man when i first got to new england i was kind of like a chicken with my head cut off running around i didn't know what was going on trying to figure it all out but but uh you know, going to that second year and you just learn more and more. And that was, that was awesome getting to spend time with Tom. I learned a ton from him yeah. uh, just as a player.
0: Did you, what was it like playing uh, next to Gronkowski? Cause obviously Gronkowski's awesome. a tight end. Did you, were you able to learn quite a bit from him? Was he a, a good teacher in that? Or is he just a party animal?
2: <laughs> no. Just go for yeah. it, bro. Yeah.
1: What, yeah. What I love, just go for it. <laughs> All right. Thanks Gronk. Gronk yeah. Gronk, Gronk
0: kind of seems like the guy at the snowboard hill is just like fucking rip it, bro. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. In a lot of ways that's, yeah, that's some of what I learned from Gronk is like, he's the type of dude who, when it's time to go, like he's, he's, hard working and mm. doing his thing and then when it's time to just have fun he's having fun That's so, so cool. he definitely knows how to like separate the two which yeah. is awesome mm. and i also just learned to have fun with it like he you know new england's a very intense place to play and, and i loved it um but you got to learn no matter where you're at to just have fun and mm. we're still playing football like mm. we're still playing this game that we we've been playing since we were six years old so just have yeah. fun with it and, and have a good time and yeah be out there with the guys
0: Ah, God, that's such a cool perspective to hear from, like the top elite, yeah, like players in the world. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like you are one of a very, very select few human beings who can do something at an incredible level, and to mm. still the hear the highest level. There doesn't get any higher of athletic performance than the National Football League, and to hear like the discussion is, hey, man, remember to have fun. Yeah. Remember, we're, ha- we're playing yeah. a game. Like, I think it's such a good reminder for everything you're doing, except math, dude. Fuck math. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't never having fun, dude. No, I'm just kidding with all you no, mathematicians so out there. Right. <laughs> um, so you're so uh, So you're transitioning now. I, I might be getting this wrong, but a rookie career is four years. Am it I is, yeah. Correct, and you're in your mm-hmm. fifth, or this will be your fifth?
1: Yeah, so I'm going into my fifth, and so me being undrafted, I had a three-year with a four-year option. Okay. So, they, so the Seahawks picked up my fourth year uh, last year with a tender, which is just like another word for a contract. Okay. And um, And now I'm an unrestricted free agent, so I'm still a Seahawk right now until March, I think, 17th is when free agency opens. Okay. And so that's when all the, you know, negotiations and and all that, you figure all that out.
0: And how does that feel for you right now? Like, where's, like, that must be stressful to some capacity, right?
1: Yeah, I think, I think uh, I feel really good about it. Just, you know, you learn to be so comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. So I feel like that's where I'm at right now, where I'm just wide open to, I'd love to go back to Seattle. I'm open to other opportunities just. No, I know that whatever I'm supposed to be doing is what I'll be doing at the end of the day, and so, um, yeah, I feel I feel really at peace with it. Honestly, I feel like it's going to work out great. So
0: that's awesome, man. I'm I'm pulling for you to be back in Seattle, dude. I really enjoyed watching you play. Um, I want to talk about your our our boy band that we're going to start. Uh, after you sign your first year uh, free agent contract and we yeah. buy a tour bus together and we live right? it up with Gronk. Yeah. How did you get, like, you sing, You can sing your ass off, man. Like, both you and your brother are great musicians. I oh, do, I appreciate it. Did you, wh- it. where did that come from? Where did that bud? Like, I want to tell the folks at home, the reason why Jacob and I know each other is I, I forget how we were connected, but the Seahawks were doing some sort of campaign and they paired us up to do a song together. And, um... And I mean, I jumped at the opportunity. I'm like, anytime some like elite human being is going to like just pay any attention to me, I'll I'll hang out for a second. But I I was not at all uh, ready for how good you are as a singer. Like, what's going on there? How did you learn to sing? How did you get into it? What's going? What's the scoop?
1: Yeah, that means a lot coming from you, bro. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was we. Uh, my dad played growing up, and so I that's where it originally rooted from you know, for me and my brothers, my dad would play to us, uh, you know, at night, almost every night. And I remember me thinking, okay, I want to learn this for my kids one day. And it kind of just, it grew from there. And, and really my brother's the one who picked it up, um, started playing like six years ago now. And he's the one that's really pushed me to, to sing a lot more, to play more, to write songs. And, and so that's when I started really playing and, and writing was about three years ago now. And, and, uh, man, it's just such a release, honestly, for, especially during this COVID time too, it's, um, going home and playing guitar and writing songs. It's just, it's just a way of letting loose and just kind of getting lost for a little bit. And it's, it's been really therapeutic. Honestly, it's been awesome.
2: Mm, that's so great, man. So it's so cool to have it kind of just, it, especially when you're really good at it, like you are, cause I've heard myself and I, I listened a little bit to your brother as well on his Instagram last night. You guys are amazing, awesome. man. Super good. And, uh, it 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 seems as opposed to Alan, who you, who plays music as a career, um, you know you can you don't have to do that with your music. You can at, let it be just your complete hobby, and you mm. can just have mm-hmm. the most fun with it as you want. But there is this mm-hmm. other kind of uh, interesting concept surrounding athleticism and creativity. In that, mm-hmm. and Alan and I have talked about this quite a bit. Where it's not a our. Art- artistry isn't a meritocracy, right? So like mm-hmm. football and athleticism is. You have to be the best as at you could poss- that you could possibly be to play yeah. in the NFL. You can't you can't like be less than or 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 anything. You have to be the greatest. In music and in acting entertainment, you don't actually have to be necessarily the best at it. You just kind of have to pivot and go around that thing. And you've, Mm
1: -hmm. you've
2: seemingly managed to create a really good work-life balance out of being at the top tier of this meritocracy, being the greatest, Mm -hmm. pushing your body to the limits. And then Mm -hmm. also trying to navigate a life in like, uh, with, with balance in music and in in that world, like, how do you find the time? And how do you like, how do you manage being just Grounded with yourself when mm-hmm. when it seems like to be a football player you have to just commit twenty four seven three hundred sixty five days a year,
1: yeah, for sure, and i think uh I think it goes back to what I was talking about earlier, a little bit with you know i know what I know what my mind needs now to perform at my best, mm-hmm. and so I know that if I go to work you know for whatever it is twelve hours a day and then I go home and and study for two hours. And then I work on my body for a little bit. Like I know that I need at least an hour to to talk to my family and like make calls and FaceTime people, talk to my brother. And I know that I need an hour at least of, of playing music and writing and, and just relaxing because that's what, like you said, just grounds me. Mm. And so I feel like just everybody learning... You know what they need to be the best version of themselves. As cheesy as that sounds, ah
2: man, it's real. It's like
1: just learning, learning what you need to be that guy, um and then committing to it. And then it's almost like a formula where I I've been kind of adjusting it this last four years, and now I feel like I really know what I need. I know how much social time yeah. I need with being around people, yeah. especially after this COVID deal. <laughs> yeah. But uh. Yeah, man, that's that's been the biggest part for me. Just you know, finding ways to be grounded, and and that's what music's been for me. It's just um, so therapeutic, and I just enjoy it so much. I, I can't get enough of it when it comes to just writing and spending time.
2: Will you will you try to pursue it in any type of professional capacity, or is that just out of question, out of mind for you?
1: I think it would. It, you know, being involved in music is something that I'd love to love to do. Um, whether it's while I'm still playing football or Uh, after football but uh, yeah I think you know it's one of those things I learned at an early age that I was really passionate about football and here I am and and I want to be the best in my craft that I can possibly be and you know I'm finding more and more this past you know five six years while I'm really passionate about music too I love music and so I want to make sure that I me and my brother you know push ourselves as far as we can with that with that talent that we've been given, and, and make sure that we're maximizing that too, and so how that balances with football, I, I'm not sure, but you know, it's definitely something I, me and my brother, want to be involved in for sure. Yeah,
0: um, <clears throat> Jacob, you and your, you and your brother are what Julian and I refer to as handsome AF. AF stands for <laughs> as fuck. Damn it, dude! You're putting uh, you're making us, you're making as, us feel insecure. As you a, as you... a, oh, man. You, you've just dialogued about how focused. The 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 game is at like being a professional athlete. You're yeah. you you have a rigorous schedule during the season, let alone like even off season. And um, the temptations of being a professional football player, being handsome, being are you single, Jacob? I am. Yeah. Being single, yeah. being God bless. From you, the man. perspective of everybody else in America, rich. Like, how do you maintain that focus? How do you keep like the things out of your landscape? Girls, the the trappings of, of money, the trappings of like going out and being the life of the party. And I had a, a, a close friend of mine. Um, I'm not sure if she was working at the Seahawks while you were there. Her name's Kelly Creeden. Uh, shout out to Kelly. But she would tell me, yeah, man, I mean, the, the difference between basketball and football is that football players are wearing their helmet the entire time. And so yeah. nobody recognizes them out in public. And so at times they feel like they need to go out to the club and flex and be like, hey, you know, like yeah. I'm on the team, right? that as somebody who's fallen into that trap of like, Oh, I got a and my attention is like a little bit of attention, dude. Like I did Conan one time and I was like, yo, what's up with my DMS? <laughs> oh, um, you're a baller, man uh, how do you, how do you maintain that focus, Jacob? I'm, okay. I'm really curious about what that must be like in the athletic world. Cause, cause it just must be coming your way constantly like distraction.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, that's the best word for it is distraction. And, um, I'll be honest, when I first came in, rookie year, I'm not even making that much money and, and you know, I'm undrafted, but you're so overstimulated right. by everything. I mean, you know, the second that people find out you're on the team, you're getting all these follows and people hitting you up and, mm. you know, assuming that you're a millionaire your first year and, right. and messaging you and, the, and all that. And I think that it took, you know, it took time for me um, a couple years at least to, to really deal with that and, and realize, you know, at the end of the day, I think that the more that you indulge in some of that stuff, you just realize how empty it is. Ah. And, you know, I think over the years I've tightened my circle, circle more and more where it's like, okay, you know, I know that these people are going to be here for me till the end and these people aren't just cheerleaders for me. Like these people really care about me mm. and they're going to tell me, they're going to tell me when I'm wrong and, and when I need to get checked. You know, people like my sisters and my brother and my parents. Um, so just, I've tried to spend more time um, getting closer to them. And, and as I do that, I feel like it, it kind of um, puts that, those distractions at ease out of my mind a little bit, but they always get in there, man. Like, trust me, <laughs> especially when that, when that off season hits like that couple of days, you're like, okay, how can I maximize this yeah. next couple of weeks? And just like, you're like a kid who's not allowed to have candy and now you right. can have and do
2: whatever you want. Cause uh, you, you know, COVID, you know, yeah. you're not in this bubble anymore. You can go do whatever. So how, how long is that going to last for you from now till then till you have to start like getting focused again?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like I was saying earlier, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to force yourself to relax. So like right now I I just got a little lift in and stuff like that. But I'm trying to relax as much as I can and um I'll take another like week and a half before I start training again. Uh lightly, you know, getting back into it and, and all that. But, you know, intense training starts really like a month and a half, two months before uh OTA starts. And so yeah, we'll have I'll have a little bit of time and spending with my family. We're gonna go on a little vacation. it will be a good time.
2: But you're not going – I mean, you can't really go out to the bars and to the clubs anyways, so it's not – yeah. it's kind of maybe in your favor. That you go to Texas,
0: man. You go to Texas, <laughs> yeah. wide open, bro.
2: Yeah. Nashville's pretty open too from yeah. what I've heard, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've been hearing that as well, is that Nashville's just like, oh, go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah it so happen. you grew up in Bend, right, Jacob?
1: I did, yeah. I grew up here.
0: Yeah, that's like, – is your folks still your folks and your sisters still still around that area or are they somewhere else?
1: Uh, yeah, so two of my sisters are here. Uh, one of my sisters over in Redding, California, going to school there. And then my mom's in Sacramento. My stepdad's here. Um, and my dad's here in town, too. So we're kind of all split up. But, okay. But, um, yeah, this is kind of like home base for everybody.
0: That's great, man. What a beautiful part of the, the country, man. Yeah. Bend is oh, sick. Yeah.
1: super nice. It's gorgeous. I've I'm always... looking for some land right now.
0: Oh, yeah. Cool. Out there?
1: Yeah. yeah I want to build a little barn home, like kind of a modern barn home out here. It would be pretty sweet cool man
0: oh that's so cool man i uh i see i snowboard quite a bit or I at least used to snowboard quite a bit um yeah. and uh bend has got so many mountains just like within you know oh, yeah. a spit away that uh man we should just go to bend and
2: camp out have you been to bachelor it. i've never been to bachelor I've been, no I've been to bachelor oh, it's super nice you yeah. gotta go yeah so it's nice. awesome do you can you even ride? Can you even like even if you wanted to? Are are you like contractually obligated oh, yeah. to just like not do stuff when you're on the off season?
1: Yeah, like, I mean the stuff. I love snowboarding. Like I snowboarded. Me and my brother would get on the on the bus every day during the winter when we were kids. Mm. But um yeah, I haven't snowboarded in a long time. But I mean, we'll get on the slopes and just like take it easy and you know just cruise. But. None of that. Sending it like you were talking about with Gronk. You
0: can't <laughs> send, send
1: it. it. No.
0: <laughs> you can't get on the mechanical yeah. bowl when you move over to Nashville. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like
2: we, well, somebody
1: tweeted about you. Getting over. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to turn that down, but I mean,
2: we'll we see r- what happens. When, when you get when, when you get out of a season, uh, you've been you assuming you've been playing football your entire life and sports mm-hmm. in general. Um, when you get away from a season, is it just relieving to be able to be like, I don't want to do anything. like you get sick of football ever do you get like tired of the sport because you've been so consumed by it or do you just love it so much that you just can't wait to get back to it every single moment
1: i think uh i'd be lying if i said i just love it every moment and i just can't wait to go to work and and it's all that i feel like i feel like you yeah yeah i feel like you know there's there's points in the season for example late in the season you know weeks 14 through 17 where I try to remember what it felt like the year before. And for example, like this last playoff game we had and you just remember how many hours and how much work you've put into it. And you're like, okay, I, I just got to push and put everything that I have into it. Like I shut everything down that, that week and really the few weeks leading up to it. I just like social media. I'm trying to not be on. I'm trying you tell know, telling my friends. I'm not going to talk to them much and stuff like that. Cause you just, you realize how many hours that everybody put in to get there i think that's part of what motivates me is mm. is knowing i don't want to let these guys down ah, cool. like we've been spending this and doing this together you know shedding you know blood sweat and tears for for however many months and um so that's part of what motivates me to keep going and uh, i feel like it's just a total team thing but wow man. definitely those days man you just gotta keep pushing
0: i bet that's so cool i i uh i'm curious this is a kind of a side trail but um you are around, you're surrounded by like the most elite athletes, elite human beings of all time. And I recently watched the Bo Jackson 30 for 30. I'm not sure if you've caught that, but apparently Bo Jackson just could do things that were like superhuman. Who is the most like superhuman athlete you've ever been surrounded by? Like, the, if there's a guy that you could point to throughout your career as a football player and be like, dude, bro, this guy could literally lift a Volkswagen and like spin it on his <laughs> finger like a Harlem Globetrotter. Did you, can you think of anybody like that?
1: It's crazy. Cause there's so many different guys I think of right away that are just in different ways. Mm. I mean, like for example, DK is one of those guys where it's just such a gifted athlete, you know, specimen of a human. Who's just an absolute beast. Yeah. And and also works you know, works his ass off to be that good, right? To be, you know, the player that he is. And so, you know, that's, that's one of those special guys that, you know, seeing him transition from one year one to year two. And you're like, you know, he worked hard with, with the talents that he's already given and he's you know, obviously killing it and had a Pro Bowl year and all that. But yeah, I man, then there's those guys like Dwayne Brown, our own lineman, just a freak, strong dude, just the last dude you'd ever want to fight and, <laughs> or make, make mad. And, <laughs> okay. and, uh, and all that. But yeah, there's a lot of guys like that, man. Like Gronk's another one where you're just like, how is this dude running down the field and just one hand catching a ball in the rain, like behind his head and and all that. But yeah, I could be around a lot of those guys.
0: I, um, somehow just like have a thing for like Seattle Seahawks tight ends. Cause prior when Jimmy Graham was playing for the Seahawks, me and Jimmy were buddies and had gone to dinner a few times and, uh, He would always tell me that, you know, he's a big guy. He's he's tall. How tall are you? Jacob, you're
1: 6-4? Like I'm 6-4,
0: yeah. 6-4. He's he's like 6-9. And he yeah. said the only the only way people can take me down is just run straight at my knees. They just jump at my <laughs> yeah. knees. And so after the game, like his legs are just brutalized. What does it feel like mm. coming off the field for you? And how do you like um how do you get better? <laughs> like what do you, are you ice tubbing it? Are you like it must your body must be so sore after a game?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. I think uh obviously every game's different but when you're taking you know 8 to 10 hits like when you're getting tackled and stuff like that, you know, it's like you said a lot of those guys are freaks. And so best way I can compare it is like waking up and you're rolling over and you just feel like you got into a mini car wreck. Like you're just yeah. you know, you're just slowly stretching your body uh, out and kind of yeah. like and you just know, okay, it's time to like start churning the wheels and getting ready for next week. Go ahead to tubs and, and just get it going. But, but that's also the stuff that you miss too when you're when you're not playing or like when you don't have a game that you're involved a lot. You're like, man, I kind of miss you know being in the fight. Yeah. Mm, wow. Interesting.
0: What is your uh, uh, for recovery? So, um, you know, I don't do any like physical altercations whatsoever in my life. Never been in a fight. Never taken a. I took a football in the dome one time. I think it resized, uh, <laughs> that counts. but when I'm touring, I'm like prior to COVID, I was, we were rocking 200 shows a year mm. and that's day in, day out, that's traveling, that's sleeping in an RV. Um, and so there's like some physicality to standing up and shouting through a microphone for two hours a night. And there was a little bit of regiment that I would find for my voice, like breathing. I, I would do like hot, cold, um, mm. hot shower into like, a cold shower just little things for my body to get warmed up what are the what is what is your routine and like what's what things do you like bro this works like a mm. charm this is crazy
1: yeah the biggest thing for me it's like you were saying i like doing contrast mm. baths and mm. so i'll do every day i do a contrast bath with you know you're going you're going from cold to hot cold to hot uh, back and forth for minutes at a time and, and that's been really helpful for me mm um my second year i had a lot of muscle injuries and so i it was, it was trying to figure out you know how can i stop this from happening and make sure i'm at my best and, and that was a big part for me to make sure i was doing that every day mm. and then doing uh you guys heard of like the recovery boots um like norma Tech and and stuff like that yeah these these big so long
0: I, boots that come up to your crotch yeah, kind yeah
1: yeah yeah cool. so i use those it's called recovery pump i use i use their Boots that pull all the way up. So every night before I go to bed, just pull those up, read a little bit, and, and let them do their thing.
0: Can you get those on Amazon, or is that
2: like a... sponsorships? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. They they helped me out getting some, and uh, I actually like like their stuff a little bit better than Normatec, but both are both are great stuff.
0: Wow, man, I I just that kind of blows my mind. Um, Jimmy, when we were hanging out more frequently when he was living in Seattle, he blew. I'm going to forget what it was in his knee, but it was like a career-ending injury.
1: Like ACL?
0: Uh, it wasn't the... A, it was the M... No. It, I'm going to get it wrong, so I won't even try. Yeah. I'll just be like stringing different letters together. It's like his TBS. I'm pretty sure it was his NBC, really. I mean, yeah. um, but uh, he... I, We had a dinner together on, on Christmas Eve uh, and he had blown in a game that that knee the week prior and he came to dinner like all crutched up and and i remembered like it had never occurred to me how like he's a six foot nine man who like just burly af you'd like nothing's gonna touch this guy right and in that moment uh, there was there was a in in our discussion about the injury and about his recovery of like vulnerability with him about his body right because you are only as good as your ligaments and your muscles and specifically in, in an elite sport like the NFL. Um, how much do you think about that when you're on the field? Are you just like going for it or are you going like, Hey, you know, like I got to like, cause at some point the, the, the perspective of this is a business must enter your mind. I want mm-hmm. this to last as long as possible. So I'm not going to be throwing, um, you know, haymakers on the field. How, yeah. how do you play that at all? Or does that enter your scope?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, the best way I like to think of it is I like to prepare my body the best I can throughout the week so that when I do get to the game, I'm just not even thinking about it. And mm. so, you know, pushing yourself, especially in the off season, like right now to a point where you feel so good about where you're at that you can just let it loose and not even, not even hold back at all. Hmm. Um, and obviously you deal with little injuries and you have to listen to your body throughout the year. But, um, yeah, you know, when it comes to game time, I'm just, I'm letting it loose. And that's what, uh, my coaches have gotten on me a little bit at times, like for, you know, putting your head down and trying to get those extra yards and stuff like that. But I just can't, you it's know, in can't a moment sometimes just, yeah, you're in the yeah, moment yeah. and, and would be I awful. just got to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. When
0: did you, when did you make the transfer from quarterback to tight end? Was that in the professionals or was that in
1: college? So that was in junior college when I was doing the Little Caesars. <laughs> I think that might have been why. Maybe that was yeah. this t- the yeah. turning point.
2: you were g- gaining a couple of lbs, and you were just like, "Yeah, right, bro, like, I got to go step on the line." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that was it, man. I didn't think about that.
1: Well, <laughs> and was that your decision,
0: or was that a coach's decision? What, what? How did that come? It was to a,
1: it was a coach's decision. He he basically told me I think that you'd be recruited best as a tight end, and wow. so because um, the junior college you're getting re-recruited by their, you know four-year universities mm-hmm. and so said, i think that you'd be the best at uh you know getting recruited as a tight end just based on your skill set and, and your body and everything like that and so uh, i called my dad and i was like like that i thought he was gonna be pissed i'm like dad he wants me to switch to tight end and, and my dad told me i, I always knew you were going to switch to tight end at some point wow and so at yeah. that point i felt i felt really good about it and, and made the switch and just Oh, cool, Learned from man. my brother how to run routes and, and just went for it.
0: How how much of a sportsman was your father? Was he did he play quite a bit of football growing up?
1: Yeah, he he was a big you know big time athlete. He played uh, baseball at Portland State, um, and he's you know he's the one that's just spent hours and hours and hours with me and my brother. Uh, it was never there was there was times when he had to really push us, but it was always one of those deals where he told us you know I'll be here for you if you make the choice. And I'll help you take it however far you want to go, but I'm not going to force you to do anything, and so mm. I feel like that helped me and my brother decide like we'd tell my dad, Dad, we want to be professional football players, and we want you to help us get there and and he mm. took that you know it's a heart and helped us
2: i don't we haven't we haven't acknowledged that your your brother is your twin brother right yeah and and twin, yeah. so like without him in your narrative you obviously it's all speculation because yeah, you couldn't you finances. couldn't make any sense out of it but like how much of like the accountability between you two kind of crafted your careers as NFL players because if again you can you don't know how to say anything else because it was your experience yeah. but i imagine god man you guys must have fucking just had each yeah. other's backs so hard Oh, dude
1: yeah i can't even it's one of those, you know i can't even put into words where there's just no question in my mind that God gave me a brother for a reason,
2: Mm.
1: especially Cody specifically, because there's so many times that we've had to lean on each other uh, and and encourage each other and, and just make sure that we're there for each other pushing. Um, Yeah. I couldn't have imagined even getting close to where I'm at right now without my brother. No, no doubt about that. So he's been, he's been a rock in my life. I've been a rock for him at times. And um, it's just been a, been a crazy journey. Wow.
2: Did you, did you, did, I mean, obviously, you'd love to play together, mm-hmm. but d- does it suck to have to be apart, or is it just like awesome? To you guys knew that once you guys went to the pros, if you were going to do that, that you were going to have to kind of go off in different in different.
0: Yeah, what was that like? Because that probably didn't happen until the pros. You played on the same team with your brother in college and high mm-hmm. school, right?
1: Yeah, so we split up after junior college. Ah, okay. uh, so he went to Arkansas. I went to Wyoming, and then and that was that was needed for sure because you know, before that we're kind of like a unit, like, you know, we had never been apart from each other for more than a day or two. Mm. And so, you know, we needed that to kind of become our own men. And then, you know, we got to come back together and played it with the Patriots together for two years and uh, lived together there. And that was, that was incredible. Obviously got the ring together. And then same thing. Like we felt great about it just being time. I mean, I didn't have a choice at first. I got traded to Seattle and, but it just ended up being a great situation, and and uh, for him to be in Nashville with the Titans has just been awesome. So,
2: I feel like yeah. a team. I feel like a team would would want you guys both as like a package deal, just to like put your face on the billboards and be like, look at these hot ass motherfuckers. Yeah, mother- mm. <laughs> it's good marketing. yeah good totally. Marketing. Like people are gonna come to the yeah. games to watch the twinsies. Um, awesome. Yeah, for sure. When
0: uh, the twinsies does it happen where the uh you guys play versus each other in a season have you played the, do the hawks play the titans i'm sure they do
1: i wish so they play them uh next year so we'll see you know if i end up with the hawks or not um yeah. but that'd be pretty cool yeah i've always wanted that to happen where you play you know play your brother because you know you get to do the jersey exchange and stuff like that yeah. i'd love to see my brother on the field and i definitely walk up to my coach and you know whether it's because he plays offense too i'd have to tell him get me get me matched up on him on special teams or something let us just go at it for a couple plays <laughs> yeah who uh in
0: that household in that scenario um which jersey does the household wear are we are we, are we Okay. Yeah. you flip a coin and you're like okay well i guess we got to go for the for the panthers today yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: it's yeah. tough man it's a tough one because oh. they'll go back and forth i think it depends on who they like more that week
2: it kind of goes back and forth <laughs> yes. and like we, who yeah. took
0: out the garbage enough is <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure, sure you guys
2: have been faced with that with that competition element before where you've been playing against each other but like you, you obviously like the love you have for each other as well as the competitive nature that you possess both play huge factors so if you're playing against each other the like Like, do you have to remove some, like something, from yourself to kind of like play and like be totally conscious of like I'm trying to win. I don't give Mm. any cares about the fact that you're my blood. Like, this is this is life for me, and I have to do this job. Like, can you separate that thing, or are you just like, bro? what's up man how are you doing <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> selfie
2: <laughs> i mean it's obvious that you would but like i, I just feel like yeah. it's it must be such a it's such a uh fascinating kind of dynamic to have to experience when you're actually playing against each other like that
1: yeah yeah no i think it's i think that you can compare it to when you know a guy really well in general in the league because you want to you want that guy to get his best still like whether you love the guy and you're really good friends or whatever, like. It's, I compare it to Matthew Slater. I, I played against him. He We played together with the Patriots uh, while I was there, and he's a Hall of Fame-type special teams player, and I was blocking him on KOR this year. And uh, it was just so much fun because we're both given everything that we have and we're battling, and just he's, like, ramming his head into me, like, you know, giving me something after the play. And I'm just smiling because I know that he's given everything he has. I'm getting everything I have. And at the end of the day, like, we're dapping up and we're hugging and yeah. saying I love you, but while you're in it, like – you know, it's it's every man giving everything he has, and I feel like me and my brother would want that from each other. Like yeah. you just give everything you have. Like we're gonna compete, and then
2: we're gonna hug after. And, and that's so. Know, right. Hopefully, yeah. that's good brother sportsmanship, man. That's awesome. When
0: does that? I I played sports in high school and growing up, Jacob, and um, I uh, definitely miss playing sports. But I think what I miss the most is an outlet towards being competitive that's healthy. Because what I notice is in music, I bring a competitive spirit to art. And competition in art is the most ridiculous thing ever. It doesn't do anything positive for the cultivation or the assimilation of art for people. But yet I bring it in. I'm like, yo, dude, like why is his name bigger on the festival flyer than my, what well, this is, he's weak, man. He's saucy. You know, he doesn't do any major stuff. He doesn't know the lineage of blues, you know, like whatever it is, yeah, yeah. I'm bringing it in. And I wish that I had that thing that something to like put some positive competition, right. Cause in, in, in sports and in an you can leave it on the field. You can like, mm-hmm. even though you bring it home, you know, like, I can't believe we lost. This sucks. It's, it definitely yeah. stings for a while afterwards competing against somebody is like something that I think innately we need as human beings, but we don't have like really that many good outlets for it, except like I can call a duty online or something. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm I don't know. Sure. There's no question in there. I just wanted to voice that. that like, man, I wish we, no, oh, yeah, we got to start a ping pong league or something, do
1: oh As you were saying that it's interesting. Cause that's something that was kind of on my heart this past couple of years is like, you know, when I get a little bit older and, and having like a men's camp, like, because every, everybody in general men and women but but i feel like every man every person like always has that desire to compete and just like come home tired and just feel like they gave everything that that they have and i feel like men miss that so much when they when they stop playing sports yeah like and that's why they love watching sports like oh this is my team like these are my guys yeah i feel like everybody wants to be a part of something like that and i just feel like it'd be so cool to have. You know, something that implements stuff from Navy SEALs, um, stuff from sports teams that guys can get together and be a part of something together.
0: Yeah. And just
1: like push yourself as far as you can mentally and physically. Bro, just we... for like a couple weeks or something.
0: Jacob, we can do it up here, man. We're we're in this hundred year old lodge out in <laughs> yeah. eastern Washington State. There's fifty two acres here. There's a play field out. It's not the size of a football field, but there's yeah, plenty of space it's pretty close. We can, uh, we do can do thing, your, yeah. we can do your summer camp out here for men. I, um, I love that. I think, I think that's brilliant. I um, was thinking about it the other day that like, you know, I have a young son, he's almost two. And uh, when we were at a dinner party, I think at my sister's and me and Julian are sitting there and like my son and my my uh my two nephews they're like running around they're trying to pull us they're like let's go play i want to play monkeys dude let's play monkeys (laughs) and uh and i'm like i'm I'm, part of me is like i want to be the dad who's just like always down like yep playing Mm -hmm. monkeys done with this adult shit going. Yeah. But then there's also the pull of me that's like, no, I want to sit down and just relax. I just I've been working all day. Mm-hmm. I want to sit down and relax. And me and Jules were dialoguing about like when do we lose that capacity to want to play? Like when does yeah. that go from like just like yo, I remember being a kid like I'm gonna jump over the lava yeah. for a hundred hundred <laughs> hours I was jumping over the lava bought fully in.
2: Bought in that it was lava.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah and it and is lava. I yeah. wish we
0: could I think to to speak on that sentiment of like I wish that we had the i wish there was more i'm sure we could find the outlets because i'm sure they're there but like just giving the permission to go play to like be men compete you know th- yeah. throw it all in the ring and then when you're done you're dapping up and you're going to need some turkey gravies <laughs> <laughs>
1: no question dude yeah i'm, I'm with you yeah man so
0: what uh how do you see the trajectory do you th- probably at this point don't think much of like your life after football has that entered Mm -hmm. your scope at all you talked a little bit about music you talked some about like a men's camp um Mm -hmm. did you did you finish your college career did you go into the pros early
1: uh yeah i finished my uh, degree as i was in my rookie year with the patriots so i finished i finished my degree in business while i was there
2: i never understand how athletes (laughs) yeah get, get managed to do anything other than just play yeah. the sport that they're in then they're like oh my god I'm a degree yeah I studied whether I took I was... whether
1: I took the class myself or not I'll let you uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: decide cool. on that it was on <laughs> it
1: was online I'll put it that way yeah
2: well wow. <laughs> good on you man you passed you, you got a college degree
0: nobody upstairs in this attic and there's three of us have a college <laughs> yeah. degree so um, Whoops, yeah. hats off to you um anything you want to do any like passion you have uh post uh post this professional career in football's
1: yeah, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things that I'm passionate about. I feel like it's one of those things that it's been so obvious, you know, what I should be doing at the time, obviously right now it's football. And, um, and I'm just such a, you know, plan a type guy where it's like, I'm going to put everything I have into this. And then the next thing, but mm. I'm really passionate about, you know, like I said, music, I love fitness. Just the, what I love about fitness is, is pushing people beyond what they thought they could do. Mm. Uh, just mentally, just seeing people have breakthroughs mentally with that. And so, I definitely want to be involved uh, whether it's owning a fitness facility a training facility for athletes or just the general public whatever it is and um being involved in that world too so we'll see what happens but definitely uh, you know, passionate about a lot of things
2: awesome man can alan and i get, have a membership to your fitness yeah. training oh, of center course, man. can you help of us get, can you help us get two packs what's up you got a steam <laughs> yeah. you got a steam two room
0: <laughs> a steam room
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys are running the steam room for me for sure. <laughs> Audible. Yes. Audible. Audible.
0: <laughs> Mid workout, we're just throwing motions to yeah. the steam room. Yeah, Jules, cross my back, bro. Got you. That's straight for the steamer. Um,. <laughs> Dude, Jacob, thank you so much for like lending your time man and uh your presence and joining us and chatting with us, dude. You've been a legend to get to know. Oh, I've like texted you a few times after games yeah. and felt so special that I had your number and I dude. could text you after a win and congratulate you, man. Thanks for um thanks for joining us today, dude. Yeah, I hope man. you've had fun. Yeah, bro. It's really nice oh, to man, meet you too, Jacob. You, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's really appreciate cool, you man. guys, man. You guys are awesome.
0: Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, let's do this again soon, yeah?
1: No question. Yeah, man. I loved
0: it. All right. All right. Peace, man. Take care. Thank you again, yeah, Jacob. Appreciate
2: you guys. Take care, man. Bless
0: you, brother. <laughs> oh, boo-boo. Did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like
2: this one? Huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the How Goods of This podcast as well as the entire Live at the Lodge family. Yep.
0: Yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your neck. Check it out, patreon.com slash live at the lodge.